The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Can we declare the word of understanding as we begin to study, as we usually do? Want to let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It's giving me light and direction. It's healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. Can you bless somebody on your left or your right before you sit down? Tell the person, understanding is coming to you again today. Tell the person it is well with you as a result of the entrance of the word of God. That the Holy Spirit will speak to you. He will enlighten your heart. He will give you direction. Bless somebody. Bless somebody. That's what I said. (laughs) That the person is coming to you. The favor of God. The spirit of favor is coming to you. The word will speak to you today. The Holy Spirit will speak to you today in the name of Jesus. I want somebody to open his heart. The Holy Spirit will mention your name today in the name of Jesus. You will live here not thinking that, ah, was he talking to me? You will know. Yes, and you will make that crucial decision that you've not been so sure of. And it will be pleasing to God in the name of Jesus Christ. Today we'll be continuing what we've been studying about. um, We're calling this series Christ's Message to His Church. And um, let's start again from First Chronicles, uh, Corinthians chapter 11 that we read last time. And then we'll now go to Revelations chapter 1, First Corinthians chapter 11. Now just look at what we read last time from there. Paul was speaking about people not descending the body, and that was manifesting in how they handled the matter of the communion table. But we're not speaking about the communion table or the body of Christ now. What we, want to, what we picked from it last time is what I just want to review. And I was talking about judging. He said from verse 29, For he who... No, let me just start from verse 28. But the man must examine himself, and in so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. I read that because of the word examine himself, or the expression. But he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. Now notice verse 31. But if we judge ourselves rightly, we will not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we will not be condemned along with the world. Let me just stop reading there. We read this last time and explained extensively. There are three levels of judgment. Looking in this context, one, we can judge ourselves. You can talk to yourself. You can listen to correction from your friends. You can decide to examine yourself. Um, Please, if you haven't read the book, I really seriously recommend you read it, Guided by the Spirit. You can settle down and say, why am I doing what I'm doing? What is pushing me? Because many times people are saying that the Holy Spirit spoke to them. Holy Spirit said, I have not said anything to you in the last six years. Me and you don't talk. Not because I don't like to talk to you, but because 
You don't listen. It is not everything that God wants to say that we are able to hear. There are times he wants to say something, but what he wants to say is so contrary to what we want to hear that our hearts shut off that communication and we can't receive it. And as I read the book, I wrote the book, Guided by the Spirit, I just wanted Christians to understand again that being led, when the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It is very, very wrong the way we interpret it generally. That if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, you are a son of God. We even said it's a mark of maturity for you to be able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing like that. Samuel heard it when he couldn't recognize it. Do you understand my point? It's not a matter of of spirituality at all. You see visions and you dream dreams and God speaks to you clearly. just means you are called. It doesn't mean that you are spiritual. A lying prophet, God spoke to him. Balaam loved money, God still spoke to him. So get that clear. So people said, okay, what does it mean to be the son of God? You are led, Holy Spirit leads you. My son arise, thou shalt wear a fine blue dress today. I'm talking to this guy. <laughs> you get to my point. <laughs> my son arise, thou shalt wear a fine white shirt. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> and people say, oh, that's spiritual. And you hear people say some annoying things about God. My wife was telling me about the man of God that was preaching where she was. And the man said, I talked to God. Though. I said, God, can you please explain yourself? That kind of thing you are saying me, I don't like it. I said, don't lie, you are not talking to God. Don't lie, you are not talking to God. Even Jesus never spoke to him like that. Who on God's earth do you think you are? Think you are anointed. You are not anointed, you are stupid. If indeed the Lord was speaking to you, there are words you don't use. I told the Lord, no, that thing you are saying, me, I don't understand it. Start again. <laughs> it means you are sure it's not the Lord. <laughs> you are sure? He was like, how can you say? <laughs> I heard something, the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, they said that sister has such a close relationship with the Holy Spirit. What did they mean? <laughs> she just began on the road. That is so close to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you just hear her say, how can I tell you that kind of thing? I can't do it too. As young as I was, I said, forget that. That guy is not hearing the Holy Spirit. Even if you want to disobey the Holy Spirit, you, you look for a ship going to Tashish. You don't tell him. Are you getting my point? Yes, sir. Enter the boat and go to Tashish. You will enter in the water. You know, fish is going to swallow you. But at least <laughs> you disobeyed. You satisfy yourself say, brethren, today I disobeyed God. <laughs> but I just be telling God, say, no, that thing you are saying. Yeah, I don't understand it all. It means you are sure your own heart is talking to you or demons are, ju- are playing with you. Now, back to what I was saying. So, people think that, that means, well, that's what it means to be led by the Spirit. But that's not what it means. Please go and read my book. I can't read the message now. Guided by the Spirit. What I try to explain in that book is that when the Bible says, as many as, when it said, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, when the Bible said that, what it meant is that what is propelling you like I heard um, Pastor Okemute preaching earlier, uh, praying earlier, that people are propelled by different things. So what he says is that there is the propulsive force that comes out of God. That is what they call the Spirit of God. For example, you will hear that compassion moved Jesus. That is, he was led by compassion. That's the Spirit of God. 
The spirit that was in Jesus was the spirit of obedience. The spirit of the fear of God. The Bible says that you have the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding. You understand? He talked about the spirit of the fear of God. He will not judge according to the hearing of his ears and the seeing of his eyes. With righteousness he will judge. So know what he's talking about? The spirit. The spirit inside him was the spirit of what? Understanding. The spirit of wisdom. The spirit of counsel. Are you getting my point? So that when you look at the situation, he will judge based on the understanding of the word of God. They say, oh, he's led by the spirit of God. He will judge it based on divine wisdom. That's what it means to be led by the spirit. It doesn't mean you know how to hear voices. That is the confusion in Christianity. Everybody tells you God said to them. You hear it every day. You hear it every day. And then God spoke to me. Believe me, 99 times out of 100 you hear that God said nothing to anybody. People do what they want to do and it is right for you to do what you want to do. It's your life. Just make sure that what you want to do, you've trained yourself. Because that's how life is. It's training. Life is about training. Occasionally, I've decided to taste beer to see why people drink it. I sat down. Give me two bottles. That's a joke. (laughs) That's a joke. But I've tried before. Let me see. why Why do people like to drink this thing? I tasted it. It tasted F O U. L in my mouth. So I said, maybe, maybe there's something. Then like, years will pass. Alright? I will try it again. That maybe, they, maybe I had malaria that last time. After a number of times, I made up my mind there's nothing inside this thing. So one day, I was talking with my colleagues in the office. I said, why do people drink beer? Ah, no, they were talking. Like, at this kind of time, the evening. You now go. They give you chilled, you know, star, gulda. So I was like, what is in it? I was just listening to one of them. He now said to me, he said, Oga, it's a taste you learn. You didn't learn it at the time. That's where I'm going. He said, the beer taste is an acquired taste. It's not inherently sweet. Sweet taste is something we grow up with. That one is in it. He said, but that taste of beer is something you needed to learn. He said, you didn't learn it. I said, you are one person that has finally explained this thing to me. Because I, have, you know, I used to wonder. You see human beings sit down and they are drinking beer. Now I understand why they drink beer. So I don't quarrel anymore. And I thank God, the Lord that did not learn the taste. Because you don't learn some things as old men. That is what the Bible means when it says being led by the Spirit. It is not as if you have practiced how to hear the Spirit of God. Now, that's why I went to do that. It means that you have learned to examine yourself. That's why I'm talking about it. Why am I doing what I'm doing? You must learn to pray a prayer. We say, search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. Check whether there's any hurtful thing in me. One of the things I have learned is that if somebody comes to me, like somebody, people still call my wife the last few days, uh, inviting you for a program. My wife said, if it's network marketing, count me out. 
I tell people, look, there are little things you used to put your life in order. If the only thing that's making you do something is the money you have to gain, don't worry. The Lord didn't speak to you about it. You don't need to pray more than that. Is there multiple streams of income? A lot of times it's nothing but multiple streams of covetousness. Yeah, for many people. That's all it is. The exalting of multiple streams of income is nothing but covetousness in the society. We, might, we will talk about it all the time. We won't give, it, we'll give our pulpits out to it. We don't emphasize productivity and being a blessing to people. What we concern ourselves about is multiple streams of income. That is why, when they tell you that, <laughs> on this, you know, they keep on coming every time. This is how to, you know, organo gold, Bitcoin, gold coin, mine coin, eat coin. Your money is being coined. Trust me. Someone, woman, your daddy say, no, 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 I know what I'm doing. You know, this kind of thing. I know what I'm doing. I have, I have a PhD. I can analyze. I said, that's pride, you see. Your money is going. I plan to ask that woman in two years' time, Madam PhD, what happened to your money? The money is going. You know, look, there are things you just know. Your money has gone. It won't come back. It will not come back. And now they sit you down and tell you that you're, 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 you invested in coin that's on somebody's server and you believe it. Now you get a problem. Nobody person will say that to you. People believe all kinds of nonsense. You say, eh? I'm just coming from the seminar. That's why God brought you here. That's why God brought you here. He wants to deliver you. Your money will soon leave you if you are not careful. And why will your money leave you? You're always pursuing the quick gain. Quick gain. Let me tell you the truth. The world has glorified quick gain. They glorify it all the time. Somebody said something to my wife once. Come and hear how I changed 1,200 naira to 100,000 naira in eight weeks. My wife replied, he said, that's quick money. I'm not interested in it. You shouldn't be interested. When you hear it, tell them I'm not interested. Once you hear it, because God says hate such things. God commands you to hate quick gain. God says you don't like it. The world glorifies it. The Lord says you must dislike the concept. That's what the Lord commanded. That a Christian must despise the concept of quick gain. If a man comes and says, let me speak to you guys. In one month, I went from nothing to becoming a multi-millionaire. Tell him I'm not interested in hearing it. In one month, tell the fellow, in two months, you'll be back to less than what you began from last month. Tell the person, trust me. People who have wealth that endures, they've been building for a long time. You only discovered them in one month. And I think that's when they began. Now, I'm talking about when the Bible said, you should do what? Examine ourselves. That's why I'm just using as an example. So you ask yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I doing what I'm doing? There are those who change jobs every day. Just a 10% increase, they've gone. Those days in banking, they tell me that's the quickest way to move forward. When I was in the young man in Lagos, those days, my friends were young bankers. And I said, this is not the principle of faithfulness. It's not the principle of faithfulness. It is not the principle of faithfulness. I don't care. You see, you must understand that God is always testing you with things. Every day, God is testing you with things. Every day. Every day, life is a test. Many people make quick money. 
And God shook his head and said, this one won't go far. Can't trust him. So don't be disappointed with yourself. When your friend said, ah, do this, you said I'm not doing. Then the other people did it and they made millions. Just go back and ask yourself, why did I not do it? If your reason is still valid, then you made the right decision. You must understand that God does not judge success in life by how much money you made. you see as we go on. Some people were said to be poor. Jesus said, you don't know that you are rich. And I said, they were very rich. Happening church. And Jesus said, you don't know. That's what he said. You don't know how poor you are. You are a very poor group of people. Yet, when you saw them after service, those days, assuming it was today, they would have fleets of cars outside. Their elders were driving limos. Every holiday, pastor goes to sleep in UK. Finish service on Sunday. Say, man, that was a stressful service. They booked him a flight for night. We travel to London, sleep for two days, come back for service on Wednesday. <laughs> and Jesus is just looking at them and saying, these are very poor people. And believe me, whatever Jesus says about you is the correct thing. If you are very tall, Jesus says you are short, believe him. You know why, why he said it? He knows where height counts. If you think you are very fine, Jesus said you... You are a devil, you resemble. And <laughs> Believe him. And you see all these magazines. Let me give an example. It's an example. There was a time we glorified, that's the world glorified, and I was never, I never, there are things I don't buy. They glorified, this, you know, models. Very thin and aesthetic look. At a point in time, I think in France, they tried to ban it. That one, you mustn't use models like that on the cover of your magazines anymore. I don't know whether the legislation works. What is the reason they say you are teaching the young girls a wrong thing? Why? Because those girls are not healthy. Medically, we know that they are not healthy. So the world says you are fine. The doctor says, okay, you are not fine. That's what I mean. Because we know what counts. So when Jesus looks at you and says, you are poor, believe it. You are poor. If you, don't, if you argue with him too much, you know what he will do? He will say, okay, one day he will put you in a situation where you need real money. And you will have millions of dollars and you will not be able to solve your problem. Say, so can you see how poor you are? After all, we don't eat money. We used to buy things that we need. Is that not so? Then one day he will give you something you really need. Say, pay for it. Now, are you getting my point here? So in life, don't judge yourself the way the world judges. Don't. Don't let them persuade you. The world tells, you know, they tell silly stories that irritates the Lord. Mark Zuckerberg, is it Zuckerberg or Zuckerberg? How do you pronounce that guy's name? Mark Zuckerberg. So at the age of, how old is he now? Okay. At the age of 28, he was a billionaire. At the age of 30 or 31, he was the fifth richest man in the world. What are you still doing where you are? Answer them. I am where the Lord kept me. <laughs> he said, occupy till I come. He said, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. Don't disturb my soul. Tell them. At the age of 79, Moses was a shepherd. 
frustrated shepherd, stammering shepherd, fugitive shepherd. But God had to bury him in secret. Otherwise, Israel would have embalmed him and worshipped his dead body. God had to bury Moses in secret. He didn't let him die in the camp. These, guys, these boys are coming from Egypt. <laughs> People who died Moses' time, we are still seeing, their bodies are still in museums till today. What I was saying? They've learned embalmment from Egypt. They will tell you this is the tomb of Tutankhamun. They will find the, the, they will find the poor guy's body, thousands of years old. This is Queen Nefertiti. You'll find all kinds. No, just watch this Egyptian stuff. God said, if I let these people find Moses' body, I will need Isis to blow the tomb. You know, that's what... You don't... Human beings can worship. I found out recently that Isis... You know, God gives everybody an assignment. Isis finally blew the tomb of Jonah, the tomb of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They finally blew the tomb. This last, this last year. Many of those Muslim shrines, they were the shrines built over the tomb of Jonah in your Bible. I God said, I won't risk it. What am I talking about? So honored was Moses that if God didn't do that, Israel would have worshipped Moses. Yet, at the age of 79, he was nothing. At the age of 80, God called him and said, now let's return to Egypt. Let's begin to work. He got to a time, you know, even God said to Moses, you are now a god to Pharaoh. Aaron is your prophet. You are a god now. That is, God called Moses a god. A frustrated shepherd at the age of 79. I don't care about Mark Zuckerberg. If you go away, my name is not Mark Zuckerberg. What I'm trying to say is, look, listen, so don't, that's, that's the wrong spirit. The world will be pushing you with the wrong spirit. You be on an agenda that God didn't set for you. <laughs> Let me try and see some of my message for today, please. I'm not even reading. I'm just trying to review. So you examine your spirit. So Paul said, examine yourself. Examine yourself. The other day, you know, one child, let me just mention names now. No, let me mention him now. No, let me not mention him. No, let me just mention the name. I don't even know you. It's Winner's Chapel. Bishop Oedepo gave give him um, a time that all, he wants all his pastors to hold a university degree. When time was up, he sacked every pastor that did not have a university degree. And of course, some people dragged the matter to court. Why? Because they made a lot of sacrifices. Some day, because then, one of the things in winners then is that your wife can't work because you can be moved anytime. You can wake up one morning, letter has come, you are resuming, you are in Enugu, you are resuming now in Bauchi. You get up and you move. And bishop doesn't like men separating from their wives. So a lot of people have paid, you know, they have made a lot of sacrifices to remain in the, in the mission. But friend Pascal said something when they were making a lot of noise. So a lot of people were angry. A lot of people were angry. But he said something. Of course, as ministers, we'll discuss all of those things. He said, it's okay now to be making noise. He said, ask yourself what you were doing there in the first place. Why were you so... You see, he said, many people were looking for security. He said, if you were called, go and preach. Has this stopped you from preaching? Yeah, yeah, true. He said, if you were called, go and preach. Let us know you were called. You were looking for what to hide. They removed your canopy. Now you are making noise. <laughs> yeah. 
He said, if you are called, go and start preaching. I know when a man like him talks, you can't argue. Because he was called. And he went and started preaching. With no canopy from anybody. Why am I talking about it? He said, examine your spirit. If you're going to read the book of Malachi, he said, take heed to your spirit. That is one job you must do as a believer. You are a single guy. You see one sister for church. Ah, you want to marry her. Not, there's no problem. I mean, you have to marry somebody. But the Bible says, examine your spirit. Why is it? You say, ah, anytime I remember, see her, she reminds me of Kim Kardashian. You are going to hell fire. <laughs> are you getting my point here? Examine your spirit. You know, you know the truth? If you will settle down and pray, and ask the Lord questions. He will reveal things to you. If you will really settle down, really settle down and pray, Lord, I'm about to do this. What am I trying to achieve? What is pushing me? That's what it means to be led by the Spirit of God or otherwise. Many people are led by the competitive spirit of this world. Me too, I must make it. You know, when people are making decisions a lot of times, I feel sorry for Look, you say, does God want me? I say, listen, settle down. Take time out when you are praying, God, do I want to go? Listen. Just ask God, what is pushing me? One of them, you know, many times we take God's glory and dash it to other, you know, other gods. Why are you relocating from Nigeria? You want to go to North America? You want to go to Europe? You see, because of the future of my children, you have just insulted the good Lord. One of the worst insults you can give him. The things you don't say in his hearing. What's the future of my children depends on the physical environment, even though I know the spiritual environment is bad. I don't care about it as long as the roads are good and they have a good social security system. Derek Prince says something. He said, Abraham, uh, so he said, Lot took his wife, took his people into Sodom and Gomorrah, but he could not bring them out. He said, be careful that you... Derek Prince, not me. He said, be careful that you don't take people into places you can't bring them out of. Because Sodom penetrated the lives of those people. What am I trying to say? Sometimes when we want to make those decisions, if you just, just be honest. Let me tell you something about the Lord. If you think bad thoughts, tell him. Do you know why? What you call thoughts is megaphone usage. <laughs> In the spirit, is is you 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 on FM? Isn't interviewing you? You don't know. And all the angels are listening to the broadcast. You think you are thinking? And the Lord said, "What do you think?" He said, "Nothing." In <laughs> fact, the angels will look at you, pinch you, say, "Oh boy, confess, we all heard it. Even we, we heard it." Read. You don't want to tell you to read a book. Try. Try. Rejoin has said it. You get the realm of the spirit, what you think is thoughts. In, look, and that's why what you call the word of God. Eh? <laughs> what you call the word of God is not actually word the way you think about Well, there are two. There's logos, there's rima. Okay? What you call the word logos is actually a summary of God's thoughts, God's plan, everything put together, what they call the word. Even things that is supposedly has not been uttered, it's called the word of God. 
Why? Because for him, thinking and saying, same thing. What am I saying? The deepest thoughts of your heart, this is the truth, he hears them more clearly than you know them. That is, there are things you are thinking. Things are forming your opinion, your behavior, your decision-making process, things that have taken charge of your life. He can see them clearly. But you, you have suppressed them to the bottom. So that you need somebody to come and do uh, a psychoanalysis on you to tell you what you are thinking. But the Lord knows it clearly. That was why David made it a prayer point in Psalm 139. Lord, search me. Know my heart. He knew God knew it, but when he said, Lord, search me and know my heart, what he was trying to, to say is that demonstrate what is inside there for me. So when you want to pray, pray that very important prayer. Lord, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's what I think. But what is the real reason? Pray, take a day or two to know your reason. And if the reason is bad, open your mouth and say, Lord, this is the reason. It doesn't sound good, though. It's called confession. What am I saying? That's level one. We began that last time. He said we must examine ourselves. Because level two is the next thing that happens when you don't examine yourself. What is level two? That is, you don't judge yourself. All right? Level two is what? God now judges. And when God judges, Paul had to explain that, don't mind, don't mind, Densha. It's for your own good. Because it's not nice. God's judgment in that context, is equivalent to flogging. It hurts. It hurts. Disappointments. Loss of money. Loss of time. Loss of relationships. Sometimes bodily ailments. You see that in context. So for this reason, many are sick and weak amongst you. And it gets to a point, many even sleep. And that's Paul's way of saying many pass on and what we call die. That's how Paul says it. He says even that one is good. Because if some people are so stubborn and they don't listen, they may have to ju- be judged with the world. And so that's, what, that, that, that's the foundation we laid last time. I just felt like, I mean, it just happened that I expanded that portion of examining yourself. You must, you must. You must examine yourself. You want to, you know, you, somebody you want to start a new relationship with somebody, what are you trying to do? You want to start a new business? Why? You want to change your job? Why? You want to change location? Why? Pray about it. That is examining yourself. Many times while you are doing that, God will say, boy, no need to leave that place. What is punishing you is not the location. It's a wrong spirit. One day I was talking with somebody. All right? One of our, I want to, I quote this a bit, all right? One of our brothers. They said, I want, you know, I want to start this business, I want to start this business, you know, but things have not been working, where things have not been working, things have not been working. And I told the person, I said, listen, you know why things have not been working? Every business I do, they don't seem to work. I said, because God is saying to you, the problem you have is not more money. It's not the need for more money. It's not lack of money. That you are trying to use a physical, apply a physical solution to a spiritual problem. Then there are times you will tell God, I need more money, so I want to start this business. God says, you don't need more money. If you know what God calls covetousness, you'll be surprised. If you know what he calls covetousness, you'll be surprised. Not liking your phone and liking the one somebody else has is called covetousness. Let me tell you, the opposite of covetousness is contentment. 
that's the opposite of covetousness. So many times God tells people that you don't need more money. You need more spiritual sense. You know, every day you've been there applying for a job, applying for a new job, applying for a new job. There are good lucrative jobs you have been given. That is, as far as everything was concerned, it was yours. The day you were supposed to resume or give them a, what, what, what do you call it? acceptance letter that you've accepted, that was the day it rained heavily and washed off part of the road. It was the day the load was blocked everywhere. So you couldn't get there that day. It rained the following day. You couldn't get there too. Ah, finally got there two days late. They said, ah, we thought you were not interested. We were giving somebody else. You are looking like, no, no, it's not possible. You did not give that job to somebody else. The man just said, look, oh, you didn't, did, not tell, did we not tell you latest by Friday? He said, we thought you didn't need it. You know, that's how you young men are. You, do, you, you write ten applications. He said, oh, God, you didn't write ten. I wrote only one. He said, why didn't you come? It rained. Are you the only one that rained in this house? These other people, they, it rained too. Where do they live? It's not the same men who go they live. When such things happen, it's not the devil. It's not your ancestral spirit. It's not ancestral anything. It's only Jesus does such things to good children that are very, very stubborn. What am I trying to say? It gets to such things once in a while. Uh, God is saying to you, listen, the thing you are trying to solve is not a physical problem. It's a spiritual problem. I told my brother that day, I said, listen. I said, forget solving this physically. Realize that it's a spiritual problem. That God is saying to you, you don't need more money. I want you to learn to manage the one you have. And let me tell you something about life. God is more interested in our spiritual traits than the things we have outwardly. For example, when you have trials, God said, It is called purifying your gold. So you can run away from the trials, which means your your spiritual resources, your spiritual treasure is dirty. Or you can withstand the trial, learn all your lessons and come out of it purified. You get the point here? You come out purified. And for God, he said that is more precious than gold which perishes. Listen, in life, handle life like that. Every challenge, you are good on the road. Suddenly your tire blows or your gasket burns. Which kind of foolish mechanics we have these days? The fall in this country is not good. The problem now is that you know, just wait there. Put up the engine. Before you talk, lean back. Father, I thank you. Take like 10 minutes and worship. Thank God well. Do you know why? You are being tested. You are being tested. That trial is a test. You are being purified. Oh, but where I was rushing to, ah! You know, some people still think God does business. What I mean by does business is that if I get there on time, I make a million. He knows I will give our church 10%, which is how much? 100,000. God knows I've pledged another 100,000 for the special building project. And God knows that because our pastor has been preaching, I pledged another 100,000 for him. And God knows that, you know, there's this motherless baby home, baby's home down the road. I pledge another 100,000. God knows. So you actually think God is waiting for 400,000. So as you are going about, you feel like, God, you know, say, your court is setting. I always tell people, God is not a mafia done. If I forget mafia, this is Nigeria. He's not a bank manager. That's more, that's more appropriate, you know that. His job does not depend on how much target they meet. 
Say, all these angels, go and meet your target. To, otherwise, I will sack somebody. <laughs> no, God is not like that. You know, that. We still have that reason. So, we are so sure that my car will not spoil. You understand my point? You are so certain because God knows what you want to do with the money. What you don't realize, that's your one million, spiritually speaking, is less than, now listen to this. That your one million, spiritually speaking now, let me give you a cost, the value. Solomon in all of his glory, that is, Solomon fully decked, was cheaper than a flower. That is, if I pluck a hibiscus by the roadside, a rose flower, if we check the value, it's much more expensive than Solomon with his crown on his head. Now, in today's currency, you can't buy what Solomon's crown would have been like for $20 million. No, you couldn't buy it. Because it was pure gold studded with precious and rare gemstones. So God is saying, listen to me. Compare your one million naira with the cost of one flower. See my value for one million? Are you getting my point? So, but then, the trial I'm taking you through, your faith that I'm purifying is more precious than gold. You are getting the point I'm making here? So that's why God doesn't, you lose money, it doesn't, make any, it doesn't mean anything to him. Material things, the Lord doesn't, oh, if I tell you this, you'll be surprised. He doesn't care. They built a magnificent temple. They said the temple, the pedestal on which he stood those days, could take, I think, eight of our modern cathedrals. Eight of them was what Solomon's temple stood on. It was a talk of the world. Everybody came to see Solomon's temple. And you know what God used to do with it? When they annoy him, he breaks it. He will burn it. Strip, it, strip everything off it. It, it, it. To him, it didn't have any serious value in itself. Are you, are you getting my point here? So the Lord said, look, okay, you are good on the way. Your car burns, you know, burns. I have seen cars burn before. Have you seen cars burn? Yes, when cars burn, they burn. The one that I saw that day, I still remember very well, was a brand new, brand new Land Cruiser. You know what I found about Land Cruisers that day? They are not fire resistant. Not now. That car is almost you know, 40 something million now. But those days, this was long ago, it was still 15 million thereabout. I told my wife, I said, see 15 million. I tapped, I said, my wife, see 15 million. She said, where is it? See it now. Can't you see that 15 million burning? But as far as God is concerned, that's a matchstick. Somebody just, it is not, it's nothing. But it says that what is inside your heart is more valuable. Are you getting my point here? Yeah, to him, it's much more valuable. So he can wipe out a car for 10, 15, 20, 40 million naira to teach you a simple lesson on patience. The car is 50 million. He burns it to teach you a lesson on patience. He can burn it to teach, a, teach you a lesson on how to prioritize expenditure. When you're putting money together to buy that car, he showed you some other things that are important. You decide that let me buy this car first. Because for God, all that matters. That word first, it matters with him. What you put first. Seek you first. That's what he says. Let me first go and bury my father. Those are the things that Jesus concerns him about first. So he put something as first. God says, oh, this boy, this guy doesn't get it. This is shouldn't have been first. So he finished doing it, and he burns it down. It's a house. It's a car. It's something. 
The next time you learn a lesson on what should be what? First. And to him, that's a good deal. I don't know whether you're getting where I'm saying, where, where I'm going. To him, oh, that we just me and my friend and I, that's my, my son and I just did a business. And then just say, oh, how was it? It was good. How much did you guys make? We made a new purification of gold concerning his patience and ability to prioritize. And then just say, wow, dear Lord, you are a good business God, businessman, you know, God, you know, you are healing Jesus like this for his business that he did with you. But physically speaking, your friends come and say, Bele. <laughs> your friends are looking and say, sorry, oh. sorry, oh. you lost a car of 45 million naira, sorry, oh. what happened? Is insurance going to pay? Ah, you are thinking, it was the day before we perfected the, 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 what do you call it, the deal or deed or whatever. I was supposed to sign a document next day and finally pay one particular amount for full comprehensive coverage. So are you, okay, summarize, summarize. You see that there's no insurance coverage. Say, so my guy, Bill, I said, there's no insurance coverage. Oh. He says, sorry, oh, eh? No, Bele. God is able to restore. Don't worry. We won't die for it. Then they'll start quoting scripture, they themselves don't believe. <laughs> it's true, they start quoting scripture that they don't believe. Ah, weeping men do for a night. <laughs> Joy comes in the morning. Now, why are you telling me, Bele, if you are so sure? <laughs> Do you understand? I didn't know, but God is saying, that was a good deal. Very good deal. That was a fantastic deal. Jesus is beating his chest saying, man, we just finished one transaction and it was good. <laughs> What's the transaction? We bought an ordinary car of 45 million to get this guy to understand priorities in life. And he has gotten the point. He has gotten the point. They say, oh, and everybody's rejoicing in heaven. That's why the church was rich. Jesus said, you are very poor. And the church physically was poor. Jesus said, you are very, very rich. So I summarize it like this. With God, spiritual blessings are much more important. No, spiritual lessons, I wanted to say, are much more important than material blessings. That's, what, that's how it is with God. Spiritual lessons are more important than material blessings. God can take Precious things away from you to help you get a little point. Because for him, what you call precious is not worth one flower of the field. It's not worth it. He says Solomon in all of his glory, fully arrayed, was not worth as much as one flower of the field. That lasts for 24 hours. But spiritual traits he puts in you, he said they are more precious than what? Gold, which perishes. So for him, it's a good business. But then when the business turns bad, this is when the business is bad. The thing gets destroyed, the car finishes burning, and you won't finish talking about it. Ah! Have you heard what happened? Hmm. All my enemies, they said I will not succeed. Then they came. I was on my way to nature that day. Then they came. When they came, ah, oh, what I have seen in this life. My God will avenge me. They came. What did they do when they came? Were they armed robbers? No, if they were robbers, even we would call police. They were witches. They caught my fuel, fuel pipe. The car just caught fire. We just managed, my wife and I just managed to escape. Ah, human beings are wicked. And God says, that was a bad deal. This boy has learned nothing. We bought this car for nothing. So let's burn another car. <laughs> 
And for many people, God won't finish burning. Trust me, I know what I'm telling you. Because once he gives up on you, you're dead meat. So he will burn the car. As you are whining and complaining, he removes the roof of the house in the village. The car burns in the afternoon. The roof is removed by midnight, by a storm. Then godly erosion starts digging the back of the compound in the village. And you will not hear for two days, though. As people are still consoling you, your mother calls. If I... Rush, rush, come, oh. <laughs> when you get there. I've been trying to call, you see, I put off my phone because I was mourning the loss of my car. Oh, you lost your car? What happened? Since the time the roof went off, it has been raining constantly. Saw so your one millionaire flat screen television, curved 72 inch, you know those ones with 3D glasses? Rain has soaked all of it. And the Lord is waiting for you to say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Then you say, No, these witches won't leave me alone, sir. Born another one, or we must spoil something else. <laughs> are you getting my point? He's very patient. Too. There are people that God is on their case like that. After that, sometime they fall sick, they diagnose one sickness, they are in hospital, and they will not be getting foolish people to come and pray for them. All the witches that want to kill him, he is going to die. Trust me. But before he dies, God will say, "What do you have to say?" Lord, I'm so sorry. I know I didn't serve you very well. I said, good. So I want to be sure that you are making it to a good side of heaven. I'm telling you. Just before he dies, when he will repent of all his whining and complaining against God, 